Again, good morning, everybody. We're actually, uh, today we're going to get into talking about moving past, well, growing pains, moving past hurt as it relates to relationships, you know, uh, how to bounce back and begin again. And um, the reality is that we all are, go through uh, any relationship that we're in, you know, especially this day and age, you know, because we're humans and we're in this world of sin, that we've kind of uh, been bruised, been hurt, uh, been misunderstand, misunderstood in some cases because people don't know how to handle us. We've been played and betrayed um, in every level of relationships. You know, sometimes you go into the next job, man, I'm only doing just what they asked me to do after the last job fired me, you know. And one job has nothing to do with the other, right? You know, or you, you go into the, the new marriage, oh, I tell you what, I'm not going to be the one, you know. And, you know, or just navigating in relationships in general, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, trusting folk? I'm not trusting nobody. Because some people, the devil sent some people to, uh, you know, misappropriate handling, engaging in a relationship with you. And so... We do want to say this. Any new relationship can't begin looking through old lenses. And sometimes it's the relationship you're in. You know, when you, when you say, well, okay, well, let me take some time to give this a shot, uh, you know, because, you know, this person really hurt me. Well, you can't begin again looking through old lenses. It's impossible. Um, did you have a thought there? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, God is always evolving us. Um, you know, if, if we don't embrace that reality, we can stay stuck in, in a moment. Uh, we can get stuck in a situation. But God is always trying to evolve us. I mean, from the beginning of time with Adam and Eve, he's always been trying to get correct everything that they did, messed up everything. And with each generation, it's almost like he puts in, you know, a person in place to try to bring it. Well, Jesus Christ became the ultimate person to help us to get back in fellowship with God. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I think about uh, just what you talked about, just uh, people hurting and, you know, basically just kind of, knowingly and unknowingly carrying that hurt and that pain from one relationship to another. And it, it, God is always evolving. So even if you're in a, a relationship right now, and let's say there were some moments, there were uh, areas of, of that relationship that was challenged, it hurts you bad. But God is always trying to redeem mankind. He's always trying to fix things, make things right. Um, but sometimes we bail out before he does. And, and, and so it's important that we understand that wherever you are in your marriage, wherever you are in a, re a relationship right now that may seem broken, God is always trying to restore. And so we've got to allow him. You know, we just sung about love. Love is the ultimate thing that God really wants us to walk in. All of us have been running. It's funny because we say we want love, but we run from love. We, we run to love, like, like we, well, well, we'll say it this way. We think we're running to certain love, but it really isn't love, it's lust. And we talked a little bit about that on Wednesday. Um, but 
But love is always trying to prevail. Love is always trying to cover up. Love is always trying to uh, insert itself in us to bring us about change in our lives. But what we do is, if we don't handle that pain, that hurt, we'll reject the love that God is trying to pour out on us through us for actually not just us, but for other people. So I just wanted to say that because we got to embrace God evolving us. He's always evolving us. Because the reality is most of us show up hurting um, through other situations and relationships. You know, in our life, in this world of sin, uh, there's bruises along the way. Um, but we're going to really talk about how, um, you know, God really wants to convert those things into some, some benefits to us. Because think about, we look at our lives, we are well capable of turning and running. Uh, but the reality is, if you're really not navigating with God, there's uncertainty in, in, the, in what you run into. Mm. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you know, and, and you could be running to even worse. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. So, so let's go to, uh, we'll talk about Philippians 3, and I'm, I'm going to read it out. I'm, I'm going to read it from a, 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 a customized version here. Philippians 3, we're going to read 10 through 14. Philippians 3, 10 through 14. You, you're going to read it out of this. Okay. All right, so, so it says this. It says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The fellowship is suffering. And we've talked about it here before, but that word sufferings means restrained retaliation. It's an uninterrupted momentum, right? So, so, so because, in other words, what's coming at me is trying to interrupt my momentum. And I'm, I'm suffering the attack to continue my momentum. So it's not just summoning enough love to forgive and forget, but enough passion not to quit. Mm. So that, that suffering is not just summoning enough love to forgive and forget, mm -hmm. but enough passion not to quit, mm. right? It's being, it says being conformed to his death. And, and so when we conform to his death, a dead man has no feelings. Mm -hmm. A dead man has no feelings. So if you think about sometimes we can't navigate through situations because we feel something. Even the, even the toughest of us. Some of us, you know, again, you know, I'd use me. I'll just use me. So I grew up in in Newark, New Jersey, and, you know, you're kind of trained after you're punked. You're trained to be hard and tough. But really, you're just operating on feelings. Everything is based on feelings. Mm. You, you look tough. For you, you know, when I was cursing people out, I looked tough, but there's a guy on the inside. There's a guy that went home. Mm. And the guy that went home had feelings, right? How did I even get that way? Why was I so edgy? Because I was hurt. But... You're not going to talk to when you talk to me growing up, you wouldn't think I was hurt. You would think I was crazy. Matter of fact, that was people who was like, oh, he's crazy. No, he wasn't crazy. He was just hurt. And he figured out a way to protect himself from being hurt again. But it was the wrong way. All right. And so the scripture says in verse 11, it says, it says, if by by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. This is that's going to be a key what we're talking about here. Resurrection from the dead. So I want to attain this power that happened that can, I can only participate in when, I, when I've died to myself, right? 
It says, not that I've already attained this particular power we're talking about and I'm already perfected or complete, but I press on. Uh-oh. I press on. I'm pressing through some stuff. I'm not turning and running and I'm not quitting. I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So again, laid hold on the eternal power to rise through all falling, heal through all hurt, see through all darkness, the power to really win in life. So again, when I'm laying hold on this, I'm laying hold on the eternal power to rise through all falling, heal through all hurt, see through all darkness, the power to win. This is what I'm trying to obtain. It says, brethren, I do not count, my, count myself to have apprehended, already grabbed this stuff. I'm not overconfident. But one thing I do, forgetting those things, this is the hard part now, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's a whole nother operation than I'm just going to react to every circumstance. I'm pressing beyond every circumstance for a higher level of attaining. So here's another version. Uh, the message version reads in chapter 10, verse 11. I gave up all that inferior stuff so that I could know Christ personally experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. Verse 12, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously, wondrously um, reached out for me. Oh, that's good. He reaches out to us, so you're not alone. Uh, friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eyes on the goal where God is beckoning us on onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Could I jump in there? Mm -hmm. So, so... So my wife emphasized he's reaching out to us. Mm -hmm. And so, so we think of reaching out. We think of somebody reaching out with their hands and stuff like that. You ever, you know, you watch the movie where the person's about to fall out the window or fall over the cliff, and somebody reaches out and grabs them. And, and so they, they may have one hand, but they say, that for you to get a sure grip, you got to reach too. Mm -hmm. so, so if you don't reach, my reaching won't be enough. Mm. But, but, but I think about Christ's reach was to give his life to, to, to unto death. Mm -hmm. Obedience unto death was his reach. Are we reaching at that level? See, see, I, I want to get out of this. I want to get past this hurt. I want to get past this, this pain. But are we reaching at the same degree that Christ is reaching towards us? Mm. Right? Are we reaching at the same degree that Christ is reaching towards us? Hey, let them move the tape if they have to to find a, a suitable spot. All right, so uh, one of the things I've learned in my life, because I've been hurt quite a bit, uh, especially through relationships. I know everybody, you know, I know everybody wants to play the cool card. You know how we try to operate in coolness and things like that. Um, but be honest, 
as cool as I wanted to be. So me and you could relate to this. We've talked about this before. So as cool as we wanted to be, we still was hurt, right? Matter of fact, we talked about it uh, Wednesday when we sat Z down. Z hurt your feelings a couple times, right? <laughs> right? You know, you know, I mean, but, but that, that, he already said this, so it's not putting him down. Well, well Keith Brad, I, I, my feelings was just hurt. You know, in a lot of situations, my feelings was really hurt. And so, so that means uh, I can choose. I'm not going to let my feelings get hurt again. So that's, your, that's our, your initial response, right? Ain't nobody hurt my feelings. Oh, you ain't nobody playing me. Because some of y'all still living like that. That's your philosophy, right? Ain't nobody going to play you? Oh, yeah, you can raise your hand. Just give me a shout out. You know, I, I tell you what, I'm not the one, right? Ain't that you? You just said it at the house in an argument the other day. Remember? You ain't the one. So I'll raise my hand, Pastor. So at least Pastor Mel raised her hand. But that was my flow. My flow was, I'm not the one, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not the one. Ain't that right, Tanya? Little Boston. Y'all see Tanya like, what? Yeah, right. (laughs) But Mr. Not the One, I'm going to tell you something. I always wanted my entire life, whether I was in Newark, whether I was in Ohio, wherever I was, I always wanted to be in love. That, that's what's behind all the, ain't nobody going to play me. <laughs> right? I always wanted to be in love. So for what I want, wanted, it was worth it. I'm going in again. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because I want to be in love. I'm not going to be in love protecting myself against everybody I meet. The only way I'm going to be in love is I got to go in again. I got to walk by faith again. I got to start again. And so... For what we desire, it's worth it for what we, what we desire, not necessarily what we've been through. So if we just plan off what we've been through, we ain't going in. It ain't worth it. But if we plan off of what we desire, it is worth it. And obviously, I made a good move, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> so I'm going to switch it up a little bit here. Um, oftentimes, what's behind is dead relationships. You know, you know that relationship you've been trying to hold on to for years, and it's been like five years, and nothing has changed, and you haven't even changed. You know, sometimes when you're in a relationship, uh, we be looking for the other person to change. Like, how many of y'all be like, you're giving your, your power over to another being and saying, here, I need you to make me happy. I need you to fix it need you to change as opposed to using, you, you know, taking your own power back and not putting it in another man's hands. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what's going on over there. But you know, sometimes there's distractions. <laughs> Seriously, somebody will look good Somebody will smell good <laughs> until the one comes back. <laughs> Come on back. What I miss? What I miss? So then you got to get back focused, right? No, no. What, no, what was that? Huh? What you say? Oh, no, I'm just flowing with you. No, you wasn't. You just said until someone comes back. What did you say? <laughs> 
was just, yeah, I was just saying, oftentimes you have to leave really those dead relationships, those unrealistic um, expectations that, that uh, sometimes uh, that make believe love. You know, sometimes we are in a relationship. <laughs> What'd you say? What you said. Oh. <laughs> you just breezed breeze over to make believe love. Well, make believe love. I mean, really, I know I've had a few of those. I don't know about y'all. But, you know, you have in your mind what you want in life. And sometimes it's, it's what you saw on television. And you'd be like, oh, you know, I want that. Yeah, that's what I want. And, and so you go through life trying to play out a movie. It's a fantasy. You know, people, you know, you, let me just say this. You, okay. I, I don't know about y'all, but I remember watching movies where, you know, uh, they're in bed. I'll try to be. They're in bed, and they wake up in the morning, and they kiss. And I'm thinking, that, is that possible? So I tried it. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I'm thinking, so why does it look good on TV, but the reality is your breath stink. I mean, <laughs> wake up with, with fresh breath. You know what I'm saying? But you can, you can find yourself with your hair makeup on Oh, already. yeah. You know, the whole thing. <laughs> you know, or, or get this, you know, you see the man holding the, the woman with her, with her head and the arm in the bed, you know, laying, laying there. And, and you know his, his, his arm went to, went to sleep. You know it went to sleep because that that's not reality. In the movie, the guy's arm never goes to sleep. Yeah. But the guys will tell you in real life, your arm's going to sleep. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> <laughs> or you know they're 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 spooning. You know y'all know what spooning is, right? They yes, don't. We know they don't start and then go to bed and then wake up spooning. I mean that's just <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> See that went over well. Nah, nah. Well, well, the reason why we just wanted to highlight the reality of different relationships is because. In TV, like, so, so actually, I know this might not be cool, but I'm not trying to be cool, just trying to be transparent. Two of my favorite movies is, uh, what's it? You Got Mail? See, see, that's why. Is that a, see, the cool people don't experience. Is that, is that, that like a serendipity type? Well, I'm about to get to that. That's okay. my second favorite. My other one is Serendipity. Those, those are two of my favorite movies. Serendipity, because that reminds me of how, how, how we met. It was kind of that type of situation. But let me tell you something about those movies. Those movies, they end up what? They're in love, right? Right at the end of the movie. Yeah, well, Ms. Lamar don't know because that's not, you know, because you know, he's still trying to prove he's a man. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a shot. I, I take that back. I'm sorry. My bad, my bad. That was, that was like a comeback to him. Whoa. But anyway, at the end of those movies, they fall in love, right? Have anybody ever seen a sequel to You Got Mail or Serendipity? Oh, oh, y'all ain't seen a sequel? Well, let me tell you what happens in the sequel. The butterflies wear off. And when the butterflies wear off, now they got to grow together. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, somebody, like, so, so you going to leave that in the bathroom? So you're not cleaning that up. Like, so you only brush your teeth one time a day? <laughs> like, so, so you're going to use the same towel and washcloth for the rest of the month. That was, that was in the sequel. That was in the sequel. 
So, so you don't spend money based on what's in the account. You spend money based on what's on sale. <laughs> that was in the sequel. What I'm trying to say is, or the misunderstanding, or so we don't went, we, 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 we're around family, and I noticed you ain't introduced me to nobody. You got up, <laughs> left me sitting here. And then you went and, and had your little fun with everybody, just got me sitting over here by myself. Guess what? I'm with you. I don't know nobody in here. So if you leave, guess what I'm doing? I'm over here by myself. That was in the sequel. What I'm trying to say is we're trying to play out the, 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 the movie that we saw at the end, and we think it's always supposed to be like that. Right. And so now we're frustrated in relationships because we don't understand pains involved. Mm -hmm. Growing pains are a part of every single relationship. Every. Every. There is no, matter of fact, there's some people right here that is infatuated. And hey, nothing wrong with it. Hey, enjoy it. But there's growing pains involved. Mm -hmm. And they normally happen as soon as there's a full commitment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> okay. 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 Amen. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. He's yeah. <laughs> so, right, and so, so the, the reality is if you understand that, now what you're doing is embrace the tools to navigate through that. Like some, some people right now, you run into people that you were supposed to, to begin the process with. But because it wasn't comfortable, because the person made, hey, at a certain age, ain't nobody got time to play with you. They're coming right in with truth, right? And then you're like, oh, no, I definitely want to be in this situation. We're just starting out. I, I'm, I'm looking for the butterflies, the serendipity. No, 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 no. It's, it's you, you connect by attraction, infatuation. You engage or marry by faith. Mm -hmm. You grow in love. Yeah. And that growth is going to be some pain involved. But see, see y'all take that. Uh, see, you you trying to say uh, relationships. I love relationships. Listen, I work out. It's pain involved. I'm not getting in shape without pain. Mm -hmm. it's, it's pain involved. But I don't go, whatever you do, don't work out, man. It's painful. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, what I would say is, hey, relationships are wonderful and it's worth the pain. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. In a second. Yeah, that's real good. We'll, we'll, we'll get into some other things that relate to that. So, so to get to navigate through this process, to move past hurt, to begin again, uh, to start a new relationship, forgiveness is a big key to our healing and our wholeness. Yeah. Forgiveness, forgiving mm -hmm. previous situations, forgiving ourselves, forgiving people right in front of your face, mm -hmm. forgiving your mama, forgiving your forgiveness is a key mm -hmm. because otherwise you're carrying around poison. Yeah. And, and why you're by yourself is affecting you. But when you start to engage in relationships, it's affecting everybody around you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're passing on poison. But you, you, but you want that person to be poison free. You want that, that boss, you want that friendship to be poison free. But you, you carry, you're a carrier. 
If you're walking around with bitterness and unforgiveness, that's why I was a, a bitter N-word for a long time in my life. Because I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't forgiving. So I was affecting every relationship I was around. After a while, people were like, okay, listen, it's only a window of time. Hey, don't give him nothing else to drink. Because he's about, to, he's about to change our whole enjoying ourselves flow right up in here. And, if you, and, and we don't know what we can say to him. Because if we say the wrong thing at a particular time, that dude's going to snap on us. And every relationship will roll like that. Like, everybody's walking on eggshells. Remember we did the teaching on landmines? Oh, I had a whole, like, a whole, like, you had to be, special ops wouldn't even help you to get to me. You wouldn't get into my heart at all. Oh, you get blown up quick. What you trying to, you trying to get in? Oh, no. Boom. Everything was just blowing up. And, and that's what happens because there was no forgiveness. And this is the thing. This is, this is the key for us. It's not wrong for us to feel hurt. It's not wrong. It's just dangerous to live there. So it's not, if somebody hurts you, it's not wrong for you to feel hurt. You know, Mark chapter 3 says this. It says, uh, the Lord Jesus himself, it says it looked, he looked around at them in anger. He was grieved at the hardness of their hearts. In, in, in Timothy uh, 4.14, I, I believe it's 2 Timothy, I didn't write it down. But it says, Paul, when he was talking about Alexander the Copper, uh, coppersmith, he said, he did me harm. So Jesus, we know, was sinless. Paul was a great apostle, but both of them had a uh when they were hurt. So we will too. We're not exempt from feeling hurt. I saw yeah, this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually saw this quote. It says, forgiveness will always seem like weakness y'all sometimes feel that way. Forgiveness mm. will always seem like weakness for as long as your eyes are on the offender. Your greatest closure is peace from God. I mm. mean, that, that is so true because the reason why, I guess when we, when we uh, release someone or we, have, we attempt to release someone, we think that they're getting over like we think that they're they're using us or you know they got an upper hand on us or whatever the case is and so you fight for your right to be vindicated you fight for that but really not understanding you're fighting for something that's killing you mm. like it's killing us it's 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 killing us on the inside softly like, really, you don't really realize the, like, like uh, the bitterness that's on the inside of you, and, and it comes out in other relationships. I mean, you know, like, you could be mad with your spouse, but the whole day, the kids going to pay for it. The people on your job going to pay for it. You know, because why? It's, it, you have allowed that which hurt you to spew out, and it becomes like uh, you're, you're not even the same person. You ever seen someone like real sweet? They've been through some things and all of a sudden now they're, they have a hard disposition. I mean, and it's, it's changed their, their it, and it, it wasn't supposed to do that. Here's the thing, what'd you say? Nah, you got an amen on Oh, <laughs> you know, and, and that's a sad thing because the thing about it is the greater level of hurt, this is the way I see it, 
the greater level of hurt, if we can master the pain, would be the greater level of love that God is actually affording us to operate in that agape love. See, ultimately, we want to operate in the agape love, not the unconditional love. The unconditional love no, says... No, no, not the conditional love. Not the, the conditional, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Thank you for catching that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but the unconditional love is, I love you if you do these things. The agape love says, I love you no, just because. I'm love. sorry, I keep doing... You good. Okay, thank you. You good. All right. So the, the unconditional love. No, the conditional love. The conditional love. Agape love is unconditional. I'm starting with unconditional love. <laughs> y'all drop y'all's rocks. So the unconditional love says, see y'all got me all <laughs> twisted here. Yeah, go ahead. What You're I was going to say is the unconditional love actually just loves you just because. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not looking for what you do for me. The conditional love is, look, you better do all these things to meet my conditions. And so, you know, God is wanting all of us, think about it, the whole essence of who he is and what he wants to do in this world is what? About love, right? Mm -hmm. Well, love isn't love until you have to really love the unlovable. Anybody can love, you know, like, like my husband. Somebody meets your conditions. Yeah, right. if they meet my conditions. Now, you, you, it really is easy to love you. Glory to God. It is. It's very easy to love him. Um, it, it really is. However, <laughs> there look, look, has open been. Open you up. There, <laughs> there has been times where, you know, it wasn't as easy because my feelings were hurt. Mm. And so when my feelings are hurt, then what happens? What a wall comes up. And so now, instead of him being my lover, he's now my enemy. And so you can go through life, and I thank God that I didn't always see you as an enemy. Amen. You know. <laughs> Amen. But, but we have, to speak to your point, well, you'll have those kind of moments because you're growing together. You're learning each other. You know, and I, like I think about all the things that we've gone through. Y'all, this right here, I keep saying that, but if you, saw, if you was with me, this right here wouldn't even be possible if we would have stopped in 1993. Somebody said, ooh. You Seriously. Guys are, you guys are old. Because there were opportunities, <laughs> there were opportunities to stop. Yeah. I can't take this no more. You're, you know, we're not the same. No kidding, we aren't the same. You're a, a, a male and I'm a female. I'm Melanie and you're Keith. But there's so many things that, that really, y'all, we had to persevere to get us to where we are today. How many people give up without even seeing what your future was going to be? Like, this was waiting on us. We had to bore through. We had to press through. We had to, you know, be uncomfortable at times. We had to. And it wasn't even about us. It was about y'all. It's about the people that we're serving. You see what I'm saying? So it's bigger than just you and your little two and no more, or whatever. What did they say? Four and no more, or whatever. It's bigger. It's just bigger. And what God is trying to do is he's trying to inject his love in us, his love. Not the kind of love we were used to, his love. And his love, what? 
it covers a multitude of sin. His love doesn't take an account of a suffered wrong. His love is kind and patient. His love is so different from the world, and that's what separates the world from the kingdom of darkness, his love. And so the greatest challenge that you have in your relationship, I believe that God is actually trying to use that situation to propel you to a whole nother level of love. But you can reject it by bailing out quick. How many people are you supposed to affect? Thousands, maybe even millions. So, go ahead. So, so this is the thing. So we go through pain. And our initial, initial pain is taken beyond that moment when we decide to drink the hurt. So when we start to take the hurt as a beverage, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, pain is going to happen in a moment of time. We'll get into that even a little more later on. And so what happens is the, we are the ones that have to choose to carry it beyond that point. It's, that's on us. And we may think it's whoever's affecting us, but no, we have to set that in our mind. We have to put it in our knapsack and carry it and focus on it and magnify it and focus on it and magnify it and repeat it and look for vengeance and payback and stuff like that. That's on us. Now we're drinking their hurt, but we're expecting relief. And that's, that's dangerous. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Did you find it? Yes, ma'am. We're going to start with Matthew 5. It says, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whoever, whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away the coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever... (laughs) And whosoever shall compile thee or compel thee, I'm sorry, to go a mile, go with him two miles. Give him that asketh thee from him that and would, him. and from him that would, borrow of thee, turn thou not away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Oh, come on now, that's love your enemies. Let's just park that right there. Love your enemies. See, that's not possible to love your enemies without the love of God. You have to have the love of God to do that. Think about that. Jesus is actually, this is red. He's, he's saying that. Bless them that curse you. How many of us can bless those people that curse us? Do good to them that hate you. The first thing you want to do with the people that hate you is not do good at all, right? Mm-hmm. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Let's look, at, uh, <clears throat> let's look at Mark 11. So again, we have painful situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're trying to navigate, keep our momentum, ultimately get to our fulfillment in life. And so God gave us these keys how to navigate through some of these interruptions. So uh, we'll do uh, Mark eleven twenty five. 
Oh, it says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So, Proverbs. So let's do Proverbs 25. And we're going to start at verse 21. It says, uh, if thine enemy be hungry, give them bread to eat. <laughs> I'm sorry. How many of y'all can do that? <laughs> oh, look, we got one person. Oh, well, just a few, maybe three here. Okay. <laughs> so, um, okay. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shall heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward you know, when you, when you think about that, the reason why you reap coals of fire is because the person that did you wrong and you do the opposite, you give them mercy and all of that, that makes them confused. Like, that really confuses them. It shocks them. It shocks them. It's yeah. like, man, how could they do that knowing what I just did? So, you see, and, and so, so when God says when you deal with your enemy like he tells you to deal with them, Mm -hmm. or people that you've converted into your enemy, as Pastor Mel was saying earlier. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the thing is, you, you want people to wake up. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't, you, you, again, you don't want people to keep, continue to operate in that behavior. You don't want it to affect anybody else. So God's love wakes people up. And, and so if you think about it, I, I might be, be skipping, but I'll share this. And then we get to it. So, so think about how God operates it with us. We've hurt people before. Some of us have, have hurt people before, mm -hmm. either with our behavior, our mouth, or just our naivety. Mm -hmm. How would you, and let's say that person wants vengeance on you or wanted vengeance on you. But, but let's say they went to God. Would you want God to just pull you up out of the frame? What did he do? God gave you what you needed to wake up. Mm. So that's why we put it in God's hands. Here, let's read uh, Romans 12. 12, 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest to the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. So, so, ven so vengeance is God's, not ours. And, and, and sometimes we, uh, we, we really want to see people pay. Like, you know, that word revenge is, think about it, you, it it's not enough. So you got to keep trying to avenge or revenge your, yourself. And so um, it, it's frustrating because think about people that are in relationships and they get hurt and the woman, you know, keys the car, you know, and, and, and the guy, you know, he's still going on with his life. And then what she does, she, she does something else besides keying the car. She does whatever she, you know, trying to get, affect him is what she's trying to do. 
She's trying to affect him, but God says, vengeance is mine. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When you think about it, everybody in this room stands in need of forgiveness at some point in our life. And so with the same measure that you give, the, the same measure you'll meet. And so you want to be forgiven. It says forgive so you can be forgiven. I mean, think about it. There's going to be opportunities where you're going to need forgiveness. And you reap what you sow. So if you're sowing unforgiveness, guess what? Ain't nobody going to forgive you. Your kids right now are going to need to forgive you because you're not perfect as parents. You know, your mom, your dad, your, your brother, your sisters, your friends are going to stand in need of forgiving you because why? You're not perfect. We're not perfect. So we need to position, position ourselves to, to be able to exact that same forgiveness that we're, need, we're going to need. We got to give it. See, the guarantee that we're going to need it is mm -hmm. because some of us are so hurt, mm -hmm. we're clouded from caring for the people that's around us. Mm-hmm. See, 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 the thing is, when you allow that bitterness in you, that bitterness, that bitterness enters into you by way of a spirit yeah. coming from the adversary. Yeah. Well, that spirit doesn't just touch you. It touches everybody in your household. And so you're going to need forgiveness from your kids when you wake up out of your, mm -hmm. your funk, your bitterness, your mm -hmm. resentment, your attack. So you might want to start the process of, of being forgiven right now mm -hmm. because you're going to need it. See, the scripture tells us to cast our cares, not carry them. That's how we navigate through 1 Peter 5, 7. Mm -hmm. We're not designed to carry cares. There's nothing in our makeup that can handle cares. Mm -hmm. That's why people go through mental illness that's why people, you know, depression. Uh, go through depression. That's how people lose their jobs because it's coming out somewhere. Yeah. You may hold it in with the person you're dealing with, but it's coming out somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, we're pastors, so we see it all the time. We're like, okay, so that person is living an appeasing life at home. They don't, they're not in agreement with everything they're doing, but everybody else is getting the impatient person. Because the person at home is sucking the life out of them. You see it all the time. And so when you're storing, 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 I'm going to tell you what, it's coming out. Mm -hmm. All somebody got to do is squeeze you the, 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 the wrong way. It's going to come out. And then people go, it just came out of nowhere. It was a buildup. They just wasn't present for what was being, present for what was being built up. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us in Psalm 50, 15, cast your burdens on the Lord for he will sustain you. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Um, and then Psalm uh, 55, 22. It tells us to follow the Lord. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Psalm 50, 15 is call upon me in the day of trouble. Psalm 55, 22 is cast your burdens on the Lord. He will restrain you. Mm -hmm. So we have to follow the Lord's, uh, the, the Lord's lead. How did he deal with personal offense? 1 Peter 2.23, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. It says when he was uh, being attacked, uh, he didn't threaten back. See, again, he didn't, he didn't allow himself to have persecution, attack, or being abused to slow his momentum down. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's what happens. Sometimes it, we allow these things to slow our momentum. But the scripture says he trusted, he trusted the response, reaction, or, or what needed to happen to him who judges justly. Mm. So he was content with how, how God wants to handle it. Are we content with how God wants to handle it? See, we, we say, no, I got I to take matters in my own hand. What, we, what are we saying? Because God may not handle it right. But, but we're affected. We can't possibly handle it right. We're clouded through, through our emotions, right? Because there, there, there's pain. Did you have a thought there? Before yeah, I I, you know, a lot of times people say, well, that was Jesus. He's a, he's a deity. He's, you know, he's God in the flesh. You know, so he, certainly he should be able to do that. No, the scripture talks about how he, came, he became human. So every human experience that we go through, he went through. He went through it so he can show us how we can go through it. But here's the thing. He received his power from on high. He received his power from God. And, and so as a as, as, uh, matter of fact, when he was uh, 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 at Gilgoth, I think is the way you pronounce that, um, he said, Father, Father, let this cup pass from me. But then I guess something just endowed him, and he said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. So he was constantly uh, getting strength from God. Like, we have to get strength from God because what we're asking everybody to do, it's, it's not going to be in your own strength. You might as well just hang it up right there. We all can just go on out the door and just call it a day. No, we need something super on our natural. But it starts with understanding. It starts with embracing that our minds need to be renewed to the word of God. How does God want us to handle certain situations? Because think about it. He not only saw the situation, but he sees the outcome. Mm. So we want to get in line with what he sees, what he wants, so that we can get the outcome that's going to really be what we really, really want. Sometimes we, we abort the process. Everybody in here can probably attest to certain situations that you were in, and you, you you could have let it go, but you didn't. You hung in there, and you say to yourself, whew, I'm so glad that I didn't, you know, abort that, that relationship. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Even though it was excru excruciating at times, uh, but you, you, when you look back and you think about where you are now, the pain that you felt there, it, it, it doesn't even compare to where you are today. So there's a pressing that you have to press through. There's a... There's a, um, uh, and it's not even a knowing even. It's, it's like you're doing it by faith. You're activating what God is requiring. See, it's a command to love. God is commanding us to forgive. We think it's an option. He's really, it's a commandment. He's saying forgive. And so I think that's important for us to, to, to understand. Jesus did it. He was human just like us. But God is the one that gave him the power to actually do it. The scripture says in Hebrews 4.15, it was touched on all points like we were. Mm -hmm. So, and this, this, is, this is the thing. We said that God tells us to respond a certain way because to shock the person to change. I think what God is doing with us in this season is trying to shock us to finally change. Yeah. You know, because you get stuck, you know, 
And you, you tell yourself, you tell yourself, I'm just, I'm just taking this break for this period of time. And it seemed like you, you, you get lost there. Like you get lost at a place where you're losing the momentum that God has for your life because you're not, you've left being obedient and operating in the kingdom the way God designed you to operate. So God's saying, cast this stuff on him. How you get through pain, take all this stuff that you, you're, you, you've figured out how you're going to heal through and give it to him. You know, a lot of the Psalms, uh, you know, David went through a lot, mm -hmm. but a lot of the Psalms are called uh, imprecatory Psalms. Um, and, and what they are is, it's get them, Lord. That's, I'm going to call them the get them, Lord Psalms, right? <laughs> right? You know, where, where punishes, punishment is, is requested or, or uh, you know, Lord, Lord, hey, 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 they're coming at me crazy. You just going to let that happen? But to David's credit, he, the care came to him, the abuse came to him, but he passed it on to God. Mm -hmm. See, because he understood how God deals with us, but he also understood that God knows how to handle it a whole lot better than I do. See, Psalm 145, 17 says, the Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doing, even when it comes to chastisement. Mm -hmm. Like everything God does renders a win-win effect. Mm -hmm. Everything we do does not render a win-win effect. We've already proven that, right? There's situations that we responded in payback, felt justified, grew later, and looked back and said, man, I could have done that totally different. Mm -hmm. You ain't got to go through all that. All you got to do is embrace God. See, see, our, 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 uh, our own understanding is our worst enemy, our stubbornness. Mm -hmm. You know, some of you look at your kids and you go, man, I don't know where that kid get that stubbornness from. Well, when you go home, look in the mirror. Matter of fact, interview your child. Your child will tell you where they got it from. <laughs> now, today, especially if you've got teenagers, just interview them or, or young kids, 10, 12, you know, just interview them. They'll tell you where they got it from. And they'll tell you, man, I'm probably, I'm probably stubborn, but I ain't got nothing on you. Right? And so, and, and it's, 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 it's so embedded. Like right now, you know what God is saying, but you choose what you're going to apply. Mm -hmm. It's called disobedience. My wife said it's called disobedience because it is. Mm -hmm. This is the thing. You can, um, you can start embracing some of these challenges and doing the right thing. If you embrace, you can embrace the challenge if you recognize it's not, it's not a time to prove yourself but a time to grow yourself. It's not a time to prove yourself. It's a time to grow yourself. Mm. So when you get into these situations, there's another opportunity to grow. Yeah. If you think it's an opportunity to prove yourself, that's when you got to tell you what, what? Because ain't nobody going to play me. How's that been working for us? So you didn't get played, and you're still stuck in the mud. Mm. Right? You're still alone. But you're not getting played alone. 
Tell you what, you are probably the, the, the most not getting played person in the country. And equally the most unfulfilled. That, and that's not putting nobody down. That's, that's a reality. I guarantee you, you would exchange getting played for fulfillment. That's what God is asking you to do. Allow yourself to get played. Cast that care on God. Let God take care of the vengeance. You go on to fulfillment. All right, you got that one. Just do that. Hey, you got that one. Lucky I got bigger fish to fry. David understood. Abigail came to him and said, are we serious right now? You about to come and attack Nabal, you got bigger fish to fry. Dude, take a, take a loss on this one. Do you understand? You can't be stopping off for this. What did you stop off for? And was it worth your fulfillment? Right? So, so, so that's what God is asking us. Um, did you have a thought there? Oh, we didn't get through a lot of this, did we? But remember we said yeah. we, we may end right here anyway because we got to bring them up. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, you know, I just want to say, you know, like when something distasteful happens to you, try to train yourself to ask the question to God, God, you allowed this to happen for a reason. What are you teaching me? Because when you want to maximize your growth in the Lord, he will use every opportunity, tasteful or distasteful, to teach you that lesson. But if you stay focused on what the person did, if you stay focused on what was said, if you stay focused on what they need to change, you'll never get to understand what God was after all along. Because, see, think about it. Our character is forged when we are in, like you talked about, uh, the resistance. Excuse me one second. It's the red button. Just push until you oh. see the light. Yeah, you good. You good. Yeah, so that, that's how we grow is when, when there's uncomfortableness, when there mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, a, a resistance. But if you constantly look at, because kids do that, it's her fault. It's his fault. Think about it. They always look for a way to blame the other person. Excuse the resistance. Yes, but God is calling us to say, listen, God, for whatever reason you allowed this to happen, what are you teaching me? There's a lesson in everything. Everything. Every situation, there's a lesson. Yeah, good. Nobody else is going to use that mic. Nobody else is going to use that mic. Y'all good. Yeah. You okay? You all right? Yeah, it, okay. it's fine. <laughs> so, so ask, that's okay. So ask, ask yourself the question, because I'm telling you, when you do this, it'll take the focus off the other person. Because I'm telling you, if you don't do this, you'll be saying, fix the other person. I'll be fine if you fix the other person. It ain't me. Fix the other person. It is you. It is you. <laughs> Children do that. Mm. Adults, they take responsibility. So if God afford, afforded you an opportunity to be in a situation where it seems unfavorable, you know, I think about this young lady here, um, uh, Miss Tanya. She's looking around like, who? 
Miss Tanya, she's not the same person, I'm telling you, uh, when she came to this church. She has, they have together nine children. Nine children, is, is, right? And four of them, she, she had five of them, he had. Now, Miss Tanya at one time, if you, if you don't mind me sharing, I mean, I'm sure everybody probably heard your little story, but... <laughs> But there were times. We're gonna call them up too. Oh, we gonna do that. Yeah, we gonna. We're well, gonna, I mean, they, but they, they just for the sake of of this, mm-hmm. Tanya, Tanya had that attitude. Like, look, you know what? These people better get in line. These little five people better get in line. You know, uh, and 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 I ain't the one. I mean, she just had this. <laughs> she just had this thing. Like, okay, but God was doing something in her. The, the resistance that she was feeling, she she was probably at the times at the wit, at her wit's end, but God was doing some marvelous works in, in her. And now the love that she has for her, her children, all of them, is just gone to a whole nother level. But she didn't stay, I just, you know, right now it's just too hard. It, you know, right now, you know, they just need to get in and fit in. You know, she didn't stay there. She said, Lord, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? To make my, because she she couldn't fix all those people. There's too many of them, including Ed. There's <laughs> too many. So what she said is, Lord, fix me. Fix me. That's what God is saying to all of us. Say to yourself, Lord, fix me. Fix me, Lord. Fix me. Isn't that a song? Yeah, I thought it was. But fix me, Lord. Fix me. Because if we don't, if we don't do that, y'all, we will stay children, immature children. But you know, it's so deep. What Pastor Mel is saying, say, Lord, fix me and stop right there. So some of us have been saying, fix me, but they, they, they need to do this. Yeah. And so it's like, you saying, I'm, Lord, fix me, and you got your eye looking at, uh-huh. okay, are you fixing them too? Right, you fixing right, them too? Right, No, 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 no. That's not what she said. Take, be, yeah. be locked in to fix me. Right. Because think about it, to sit back and wait for the other person to be fixed, in that moment, you're saying you're, you're, you're finished. Right. You already got yourself together. Mm-hmm. I think you have more of a complaint mm-hmm. if you fixed you. right. If you've allowed yourself to be fixed and you're waiting on the other person. But to still have to get yourself together, you got time to be looking at somebody else? And, and what you're asking them to fix is what you like. There's about a thousand other things you're doing that overrides the, the, the thing that you want them to fix. Ooh, this is good. Ooh. Thank you for... T- so even if you're in a bad... And this is TV audience... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're in a bad relationship, and it's really a relationship that God actually ordained, okay, and, and let's say the person food around on you, oftentimes we, we, we sick, you know, the, the person that has been uh, uh, offended, they, they're like, sick them, sick them, get this person, get her, or get him, when we don't know what you did, we don't know what you did, what you've been doing that even caused maybe or allowed the person to go out there and go um, out of the, 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 the marriage. See, we're, 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 we're the, the situation at hand is what's highlighted. You see what I'm saying? And so 
you know, one could have be kind of like puffed up, like, you know, well, I was fine, but this person went out on me. Yeah, but okay, let's talk about the things that you were doing. Maybe you were you 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 were evil. Maybe you were you weren't attentive. Maybe you, you know, whatever the case is, there's still some ownership is my point. You see what I'm saying? Because we can get so focused on the person who did what they did that we can forget all the other things that really you need to work on. So don't stop growing. Don't you stop growing. If, 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 if God, while God is fixing that person or changing that person, ask him, God, fix me. Those hidden areas that the scripture talks about, he searches the deep hidden areas of, a, of us that we have no clue. Ask him to reveal it to you. Okay. All right, so, so we have this lovely couple that came here from Fayetteville. You know, they're part of the Harris family. And, um, you know, we actually had the opportunity to take them through premarital courtship, marry them, and, uh, and then, you know, we also do post-counseling, you know. Uh, so we, we've had an opportunity to really have some wonderful exchanges with them. So we thought it'd be good for them to come in and share some of their experience because they've gone through the infatuation and the butterfly <laughs> stages, the uh, commitment, you know, like, uh, and then, um, you know, uh, walking down that aisle and realizing, you know, you start out by faith and you have to grow in love. So they've had to grow in love together. So in the midst of all that we're talking about, you know, if you guys can maybe share either how it relates to your situation or uh, what you learned through your process. Des, like, you got the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, Des, if you have a thought, you might want to share it before yes, I ask you. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll process. Uh, so we started out in courtship counseling. Mm -hmm. um, I was in a couple relationships before, and I was just like, you know, I just, you know, I'm not doing something right, you know. So I said, I want to I wanna do this one right. So started out in courtship counseling. And uh, when I mentioned it to her, she was like, courtship counseling, what is that, you know? <laughs> um, so uh, it, the courtship counseling really gave us some tools um, in our relationship because we were long distance. I was here in Charlotte and she was in Fayetteville. Um, so uh, the communication piece uh, was very, <laughs> very important. Um, thank God for FaceTime. Um, Cause that worked out for us good. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. So, so give us like, so you got you got the wonderful part about being together. But what hurdles have you guys had to go through? Hurdles? Yeah. Just, just give give us a, a, a one hurdle. Uh, okay. Yeah. You got you about to say something? Okay. Yeah, I was one, about to tell you to give it to Dez. One hurdle was <laughs> for us uh, bringing everything together. Mm -hmm. uh, like bank accounts, uh, even our terminology. Mm -hmm. um, instead of saying, yo, you driving your truck? Uh, it's, now we say, well, let's drive the truck. Or you get in your car and I'll get in my car. And, and now it's like, let's get in the car together. Uh, merge your bank accounts together. Uh, we, we started off, we talked about it, and we was like, let's just do it separate and see how it works out. And um, it was working. But it wasn't working 
together for us uh, uh, in terms of bringing things together. Um, so that was just one little hurdle. I think you touched on something earlier when you said like the butterfly stage. Um, so we were probably like a year after we got married, like, you know, we were riding on the honeymoon and oh, you know, we were living together and we were doing everything. And then it's like, we came across a couple of speed bumps as far as like communication and just bad habits. And like, we didn't refer back to our pre-counseling notes. So we had all the, the notes and the tools, we just didn't use them, we forgot about them. And then we had a big speed bump, so we had to like make an emergency call. And so um, I think a big thing was communication. Like he was holding on to some stuff that I didn't know about, and I was holding on to some things, and so we kind of had to work through that. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. just bad habits. Because <laughs> I mean, we got married, we got 32, 33, so we had 30 years of just doing what we knew best, yeah. making it work. So we had to kind of go back to some foundational things. All right, so, so you had the, you have the thought there? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was going to say worldviews yeah. is uh, it's a beast because you go in thinking one thing and another person go in thinking another thing, uh, their picture of how a marriage is supposed to be, and I have my picture of how a marriage is supposed to be. Um, but actually blending that picture together in, into becoming one picture. Uh, and not living together yeah. before we got married. So he got to see how bad my OCD is, <laughs> how much of a control freak I can be. So that can cause like stress, and it did. So the first thing you had us do was acknowledge um, what we may have done wrong, and then we had to apologize and then we had to forgive each other for those things. Um, then we had to come up with a marriage confession. So that's something that kind of grounded us and something we had to repeat every day. So we knew like what our eyes are set on and what we had to do. Um, then we had to, he had to come up with a self-confession. We had to figure out about self-love and that we were deserving of each other's love. And then, um, um, and that, so we had a lot of homework assignments. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. We went through them last night. We had to come up with like our top five priorities for a marriage. Like they can't be different. Like his top one may not be my top one. Um, that one. So we did the marriage confession, the self-love. Oh, biggest thing that we didn't do was a vision. So we had to come up with a vision. And that has really helped us. Uh, figure out where we're going, what we're trying to do, why did God bring us together? So, yeah, so, so, so you guys went through the infatuation, you know, smiling all the time, hey, we're together, yeah. you know, right? And then you, <laughs> <laughs> then you, you moved together and you got that part. But, 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 but then there's, there's the, the, that cloudy area that could potentially be scary. So, talk about, how how threatening or scary that was compared to where you are now. The cloudy area, which you don't see. So 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 when when things was funky and you needed an emergency call, uh -huh. that would be a little cloudy area. Right. Yeah. Um, so so there's there's a there's feelings you're going through or or, or concerns or worries. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And then there's a stage that you are at now. Okay. 
So the cloudy area, I say for me was, uh, so, It was uh, it was rough for 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 a minute. Um, getting used to how my wife operated uh, from day to day. Like me, I'm just like, you know, I'm cool, calm, and collect. You know, I'm not really too anal about a lot of things. You know, <laughs> a lot of things don't really get to me. Um, you know, I'm just real chill. But her, she's just like. Harris. <laughs> she calls me Harris. <laughs> Harris? <laughs> what? Or, um, what's, or I'll say this. One, one time she came home. I'm not a big cooker. Uh, but she came home and uh, I noticed her face was red. She was just started throwing pots and pans and stuff. I'm like, Lord, what in the world? She didn't throw pots and pans, but it was like clanging them. Clanging. clanging. Them yeah. I'm just like, what in the world is going on up in here? You know? So <laughs> whenever things happen, I have to go take the trash out and I have to go talk to the Lord. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, Lord, what is going on up in there? Like it's it's shiny outside, but it's dark up in that piece. Um <laughs> He was like, son, you you need to start cooking. You know, she come home from a long day at work. You home before her. You know, you need to start cooking. I'm like, Lord, I ain't cook. I, you know, I could, I could order some Wendy's or something. But um, so I came back in and uh, I, I asked her a couple questions. I was like, so would you like me to start cooking? Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Like, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so, I said, so I'm gonna be real transparent. I said, I'm not a cooker. I said, I need you to show me some things, you know. She was like, All right, cool, we'll start with this. Um, so she started teaching me some things, and then my parents would come over, um, and we'll have cooking lessons, and we'll do that together. Uh, I think the biggest thing is I'm very regimented. I think ahead, I plan ahead. So that's something like a strong suit of mine. So I kind of have to bring him on that side of things. Whereas, you know, he's very laid back. So now I learn not to be so OCD about things. Like things don't have to be a certain way. So it's kind of like we give each other our strength. So we. Grace, we give each other grace. Yeah. <laughs> and she gives me a lot of grace. So like. I have to ask, okay, so how do you want this? Well, put that like this. Okay, well, how do you want that? How do you do this, you know? And so I'm constantly trying to figure out, like, what's in her mind so I can be her mind whenever she's not there, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, um, any cloudy, more cloudy air? Cloudy. Um. You, you okay? You good? <laughs> Squirming in his chair. Um. <laughs> yes, that's me all day. Um, I think our biggest downfall was if something was bothering us, we would just get quiet, not talk about it. So um, we've really had to work. Like we thought we were doing good communicating, but now the silent treatment. Yes, I call that. Yeah. Yes, and just like, oh, I'm good. Nothing's wrong, and there really is something wrong. So that was like the biggest thing. So now, like, we're really harmonizing and we're talking, and um, that's 
Yeah, that's that's so important, man. Uh, if something's bothering you, like, just tell me. You know, like, like let's talk about it. You know, um, not don't shut down. I'm 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 very guilty of that. Uh, she, <laughs> cause I can't. I don't have a poker face, and so she said, "Harris, what's what's wrong? You all right over there?" Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You sure? Cause you look like. Mm-hmm. Something's going on over there. Like, yeah, I'm good. So we went through that for a while, and but it just started to build up. Mm-hmm. It started to build up, and I was, I just got to the point, man. I can't take this no more, you know. Um, so then that turned into a big emergency call type deal. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, that communication really like being being vulnerable and transparent is just so so important it it you might look bad for the moment but in the long grand scheme of things it's uh it's gonna turn out for your good yeah just just two years two years yeah yeah we dated for two years yeah four total and we did uh Counseling like five months after, five months after we met, and then he moved down 2017. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we got engaged in 2018. So it was kind of fast. Yeah, it was pretty fast. So, so how long did you 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 go without uh, without relations? Without relations. Yeah. Oh, like. <laughs> Like, oh, kids. like relationships. Kids. Relations. Kids. Kids. Oh, kids. how long kids. did we? How long did we go? How long did you go? Then how long did y'all go? Uh, I went ten years from two thousand eight. Uh, that was like right when I got out of college to two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we went for the whole time. Uh, the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. You know, I felt I felt like there's bubbles. You remember I talked about the little bubbles and everybody. Yeah. So how did y'all do that? Yeah. <laughs> how do we do it? Uh, we we really just tried to keep keep us out of those type of situations because you know the flesh is weak. Ain't that what the Bible say? Yeah. And it's real too. Like the flesh is weak. Um, <laughs> I think it also helped that, you know, being in previous relationships, we wanted to do this different, do it the right way. So that really helped a lot. Like, we couldn't keep doing the same old thing. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Any, any, any other questions? Since y'all just threw our questions, any other questions? Oh, let me tell you. So, <laughs> so. Um, well, the question, repeat the question because oh, the co- didn't have a mic. The question was, how did we meet? Mm-hmm. So. Okay, I'm gonna give you the short version. So um, I would, so I was here in Charlotte. She was in Fayetteville, but her and my sister were friends for years. But I never, like, I never met her. Never, I think I, we seen each other, but I don't even remember seeing her. So um, I would go babysit for my sister um, from time to time. Um, she was having her second child, so. That particular day, you know, I'm asking God, like, you know, like, when I'm going to meet, 
Shorty, oh, you know, when I'm going to be there, you know, because I'm, I'm Especially like, after 10 years. Especially huh? after 10 years, the flesh is weak, you know. So, um, not only that, but I really wanted to meet somebody. So, um, so my sister called and was like, yeah, I need you to come babysit. Uh, I got a friend coming down, and we're going to go hang out or whatever. So, I was like, cool. So, uh, I got over there. I um, got out the car, went to the front door. And she answered the front door. And I was just like, oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) You know how TV, when the camera gets close, you know, I was like, oh, snap, who is this? And um, she was like, hey, you know, with a smile and stuff. I was just like, what's up, you know? what did I have on? I just had on some jogger pants and some 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 um some type of some, yeah some basic clothes. You know I'm like dang I should have worn my good clothes. <laughs> but, uh, so I walked in and um we was just talking or whatever and she was supposed to be getting ready because they was about to go but she was down there talking to me. So I was like dang so uh you know where you from? She's like I'm from Fayetteville and everything and um she threw out something. You know how you and me y'all throw things out to, you know, little indicators. She threw something out. It was like, yeah, you know, I'm single, so... Um, I was like, oh. I was not thirsty. I ain't saying you was thirsty, but... But, Joe, like... Yeah. So, uh, so uh, that happened. And um, so they left. Yeah, they left. So... My uh, brother-in-law, he came back home, so that means, you know, I'm I'm supposed to be relieved of my duty, <laughs> but I stayed. <laughs> I stayed until they got back, which was like, it was like 10 at night. So uh, my sister was like, dang, you still here? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so then, so then, uh, uh, we just all started talking or whatever. So then my sister, she goes to bed. And then my brother-in-law, he just stays down there being like the mediator or whatever. And um, so the whole time I'm just checking her out like, dang, you know, she got a nice smile. So then I'm looking for, for like little stuff to see if her phone rang in, you know, it's late at night. <laughs> but the phone won't ring in or nothing. I'm like, oh, snap. You know, this is nice. <laughs> so then um, we just talk man we talked we talked till about six in the morning wow and um i told her how serious i was i was just like you know i'm just looking for a wife yeah on the first on the first day i just i just threw it out there like yeah i'm looking for it you know and she was like okay so um we exchanged numbers that night and uh i don't even think i went to bed and then i left i left that morning and the rest was history <laughs> Any more man, questions? you can clap a little better than that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, come on, man. Get a love, a little shout out. <laughs> I was, I was, this is the show with this guy over here. Like. I think the biggest thing that I've learned so far is um, really. Um, the scripture says to uh, look on things of others. 
So I really try to put myself aside and really focus on the things that she needs. It, it was a point in time whenever she was like, you know, I was like, what's going on? She was like, you know, I just, I just want to be wanted, you know? I just want to be wanted. And I was just like, oh, snap. So what does that look like? And um, so you have the love languages. That is so important. Keeping the love tank full, like your gas tank, keeping the love tank full is so important. So um, I think mine was conversation or quality time. Hers is like physical touch. You know, she likes to know that, you know, just like to be rubbed or whatever, affection. And uh, I struggle in that area because I'm, I'm not used to that, you know, but I had to get used to it real quick. Um, she was like, yeah, Harris, I just want to be wanted, you know, I just want to feel, feel wanted. And I'm just like, okay. So it clicked. Um, just talked to the Lord and he was like, yeah, you need to start showing more affection, you know, start showing your wife that you want her and that she's a part of your life, you know. Um, so as that changed, then her temperament started to change um, and how she treated me. Um, so she starts to give me more conversation, you know, because I like to talk, you know, I like to talk about my day and, you know, um, and I'm always keeping something going. I'm always like, like I'm actually like, we're married, but I'm dating her, you know what I mean? Um, still keeping it fresh, like, you know, still flirting and like, girl, you fine, you know, it's just stuff like that. It just really helps. Um, uh, so yeah, I struggle with that, with that area. But the love language thing is so important to find out what your love language is. And yeah. Um, one day, Pastor Keith asked us, what's the one thing about your relationship that you love? And it, we said it was our friendship. Mm -hmm. And so that's like the biggest thing for us is friendship. Like mm -hmm. we have each other's back, we laugh, we do whatever, so. Yeah, like like friendship is everything. Because you can, like when something happens during my day, I'm like, yo, I can't wait to tell Dez this so she can see what, I, I'm, I really want to know what she got to say about this. Also, she's very supportive of, of anything that I have going on. So I'm a, I'm a musician, I play drums, and um, she supports me where there's buying me a snare drum. It's not, it's expensive, but... She does it, you know, whether it's buying me a snare drum. I was in the studio a couple of weeks ago in South Carolina. She was like, you mind if I go? I'm like, girl, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so she went up there with me twice. This is a two-hour drive. We had to wake up 6 in the morning, be there by 9, no complaining, no nothing. She was just like a trooper. I'm like, dang, this girl is bad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like and during the studio, you know, watching me record, uh, it wasn't like, oh my God, it's time to go. It's just getting late. It wasn't nothing like that. It was just like, dang, Harris, you did good. You know, I'm proud of you. I'm like, dang, girl, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, we would eat and, you know, just hang out, man. She hanging out with the fellas, so it's like, like she's my homegirl, but like my best friend, you know. Um, so yeah, the friendship piece is very, very important. That's awesome. Well, give him a hand clap for
No, no, no it was just y'all. Yeah. It was just y'all today. You know, it was just okay. social distances. We're trying to do a couple of yeah, yeah. A session. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. All right, we're going to do our, our, our offering and we'll be done. No, no, we'll